morning. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Seems like, okay, what? Why do I keep having trouble with these things? Like I had trouble with it at Wiley last week. Not used to having to undo things. Um, but it was a nice break. It was good to be able to get together with uh, the other churches in our family of churches. Um, but I missed being together with you guys, and it's good to see you guys back this morning. And it's good to see so many of you here this morning. That's exciting. Um, uh, Tong did an awesome job of doing the announcements, but because he made one announcement that we've never done before, I'm just going to kind of hit on that to make sure that you understood that. In the small groups, we are actually this time doing two different groups on the same topic. So if you didn't catch that, when the clipboard comes around, there is the Why Church Matters group, and there is a sermon topic group that meet on Tuesday night. But there's also a sermon topic group that's meeting on Wednesday night. So when you look at those sign-up sheets, if you're wanting to do the sermon discussion group, you want to make sure that you sign up for Tuesday if you want to be a part of the Tuesday group, or Wednesday if you want to be a part of the Wednesday group. So just make sure to pay attention to that when it comes around. And then also I wanted to announce for the women that there is a baby shower for Brittany on, yes, on Saturday, January the 20th. It's at 1030. It's at the Northeast Church building. And they are registered at Target and Amazon if you want to bring a gift. Um, but this is super exciting for me. Like, this is going to be our first Denton North baby. I'm so excited. I hope it won't be the last, but it's going to be the first, and we're excited. No pressure, Yeah. No, I would never pressure anyone. Um, and then for our women that are not students, March the 23rd through the 25th, we're doing a women's retreat. And it is an all-churches women's retreat. So it will be all the women from Garland, Wiley, and Denton North. So please get that on your calendar. It will be at Mount Lebanon. And it is going to be Friday night and Saturday night. And we are inviting our focus ladies to that as well. So if you want to come up Saturday morning and stay after FNF on Friday night, if you want to come up on Saturday morning, and join us then, um, we would be super excited for you to do that as well. That's going to be March 23rd through 25th. So starting on a Friday night, ending um, after lunch on Sunday, or maybe before lunch on Sunday, I'm not sure which. We're meeting to plan this week. Okay, so this morning... Um, I want to take you back to a service that we had before Christmas where we broke up into small groups and we answered this question. If we are a church body that has let the Spirit have us, what kinds of things would we be doing and saying in our large gathering? And you guys talked about that and you wrote notes in your small group and then I took all of those notes and I read through them, and I shared them with Brad, and I shared some of the results with our leader team. Um, but this morning, I wanted to share with you some of those results, um, because we're going to talk about it just a little bit. So there should be a slide. So these, I just kind of went through and picked out the things that occurred the most. 
And so one of them was in some way, shape, or form, people said that if we were a body that had let the Spirit really have us, that we would get to know people we don't know on Sunday mornings, that there wouldn't be any cliques, that we would get outside of our groups of friends, that we would meet new people and try and connect with them. Um, some way, shape, or form, that was on a lot of the feedback we got. Um, the next one was coming prepared. Coming prepared to participate, to encourage, to challenge the body as a whole. And mentioned in with that many times was prayer and praying ahead of time that God and the Spirit would prepare you for what your role needed to be on Sunday morning. And then being honest and open in how we share our lives. Being uncomfortable was mentioned a lot. That was on a lot of feedback forms. And just this idea of letting ourselves be uncomfortable when the Spirit prompts us to do something, that we're like, I don't want to do that, or that would be weird, but just getting out of our comfort zone, but also being uncomfortable in our friendships and in the people that we spend time with and the conversations that we have. And then along with that being open and honest and uncomfortable came discussing spiritual things, and in particular, the sermon topic. So having conversations that aren't just small talk conversations. And then the last one that came up frequently was that we would come to give and to invest in the community rather than coming to get and be invested in. So my question to you is looking at those things, how do you think those are going to happen? How do you think those are going to happen? And if you have an idea, feel free to share it with us. Mm -hmm. If I ask you or can somebody post it on Facebook? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I will do that. Ashley? Good. That is a good one. What else? How are these things going to happen? Okay, I want you to hang on to that question. Somebody over here have a hand up? Okay, good. 
Absolutely. That's just your ugly perception, Lorraine. <laughs> yeah, so I want you to hang on to that question and be thinking about it. Somebody over here? Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. You're sitting at the sound table. You don't get to participate? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to absolutely agree with that statement, but I am going to tell you that I'm going to focus more on Sunday morning this morning than I am on that, but I totally agree with that. Like, I'm not doing that to the exclusion of that idea, but for a purpose. Yes, exactly. And that's going to be one of our points this morning. So at the first of each semester, we usually take two Sundays just to think about what is our mission, what is our focus, what are some of the values that we hold as a church family that we maybe need to um, do better at, need to focus on a little more. And as I was thinking through, so if you don't know this, there is um, a mission statement, there is a vision statement, and there are about 15 values we hold as a church and as a community of churches. Um, and so thinking through those, obviously, you know, talking about any of them is beneficial. But trying to decide which one I wanted to uh, focus on this morning was hard. But I met with a young couple this week who are considering moving to Denton after they get married. And one of the questions they asked was, if we came to Denton, what would it look like to be involved in adult ministry there? And as we were talking about that, and as I was sharing some of my thoughts about that with them, I found myself pretty passionate about what I was saying. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, I think this might be my sermon for Sunday. Like, I think this might be the thing that I think we should focus on. And so, first of all, let's review our mission. Our mission is to make and mature disciples to the glory of God. And that comes straight from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 
And this is what it says. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. For those of you who um, have mastered English, and in particular, the art of diagramming, what is the subject of the sentence, therefore go and make disciples of all nations? What's the subject of that sentence? Yeah, it's, it's you. It's understood that you is the subject of that sentence. And if you look back in verse 16, you see that Jesus is speaking directly to the 11 disciples there. However, if those 11 are to teach everyone else to obey everything that Jesus has commanded them, then we see that this command is going to be for us as well. And so he's speaking to us. See, Jesus understood that what we can accomplish more when power is spread out through the kingdom than when it's hoarded by a small group of people that we deem leaders. And so he gave that power to all of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the way that the things that we just had up here and we just talked about are going to happen is when we take seriously this mission that Jesus has given to every one of us. And the value that relates closely to this and that I want us to focus on today is the value of empowered disciples. We will accomplish the things on that list and way more when we truly view ourselves as empowered disciples. So when you think of an empowered disciple, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you? Okay, the Holy Spirit, definitely. Yeah. What else? What does it look like to be an empowered disciple? What does that mean? Or you're at least working through that doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the points I want to make before we go on is that the things that we listed in our small groups that we need to be doing better at, I don't want you to hear me say that none of those things are happening. 
because those things are happening. But those are things we identified as a body that we could do better at. Um, so my question is, actually, I'm not going to do a question yet. I think it means at least three things to be an empowered disciple. I mean, I think it means that we take ownership. I think it means that we initiate. And I think it means that we don't place value or weight on a title. So those are just three things. I think it means at least those three things. It means we take ownership, we initiate, and we don't place value on or wait for a title to be given us. So then the question becomes, why do we not talk to new people when we're here on Sunday? Why do we not talk to people that are older or younger than we are? Why do we not talk to people outside of our friend group? Why do we not come prepared to challenge, to encourage, and to participate in the service? Why do we ask for feedback and ask if anybody has an encouraging word or has a challenge and nobody says anything? Why are we not honest with each other? Why do we wear these masks? Why don't we tell each other what's really going on? Why are we not uncomfortable? Why is it so important to us to remain comfortable? Why do we come to get rather than to give, or to be invested in rather than to invest in others? And I would say that the most common reason that I hear when I talk with people is stated not necessarily in these words, but it kind of it means this, and the answer is because it's not my job. It's kind of the thought behind that. And if it's not my job, then I have no ownership over it. I, t I don't initiate because I don't have the title to do that particular thing. Like that's Brad's job, or that's Leslie's job, or that's Kurt's job because they're on staff. Or that's the job for an older person. Or that's the job for one of our college students. Or that's the job for a more mature Christian or for someone who's been around longer than I have. Or I don't know whose job it is, but it certainly has never occurred to me that it might be mine. See, we don't have ownership in that. So, yes. Yeah, and I think that there are a variety of reasons for that, and I think those are definitely some of them. But I think more than anything, the feedback that I get over and over again is just people have never thought of it as that's something that I can do. Um, they've kind of grown up in church where it's been perpetuated that it is the job of the leaders, um, whoever those leaders are. It's the job of the people that have titles, and so I think we've just got to get to the point where we can look past that and see that as disciples, that ownership belongs to us um, and that we have great power through the Holy Spirit to do those things. 
Um, so let me ask you a question. Who does this church belong to? All of us, but ultimately, who does this church belong to? Yeah, to Jesus. This church belongs to Jesus. And who are his disciples? We are. We're his disciples. So whose job is it to take ownership, to initiate? Ours. It's all of ours, not just a few select ones. So if you are a disciple, there is no such thing as sitting on the bench. Jesus has empowered you through the Holy Spirit. And we just spent a whole sermon series talking about that. But if you need scripture for that, you can refer back to John 14 through 16, 14 through 16 and Acts chapter 1. So if we operate our churches off of this value that all of us are empowered disciples, but our disciples don't take ownership, what happens? Nothing, nothing happens. Guys, we operate off of this belief out of a sincere belief that this is the way Jesus did ministry. He empowered people to go out and do ministry. And as, a Denton, as Denton North Church and as a family of churches, we don't have a backup plan for that. You are empowered. You need to take ownership. And those things that we saw as needing to be better will happen. We don't have committees to be in charge of visitors because all of us should be in charge of that. We don't have a formal system for setting up studies with people because all of us should be doing that. We don't assign people for you to go and build a friendship with because all of us should be doing that and because that's just weird. <laughs> okay? We can't come to your house. Brad and I cannot divide up all of the members of the body and come to your house and pray with you about what the Spirit wants you to do on Sunday morning when you get here. You have to take ownership and do that on your own. We can't help you prepare and get ready for something to share to spur the body on to love and good deeds. You have to take ownership of that. You have to do those things. What is more efficient or effective? A few of us doing these things or all of us doing these things? You know the answer to that. And Jesus knew the answer to that. And it's why he led us by example in how ministry is done. Now, it's also not effective and efficient for all of us to just go out and do whatever we want to do and be like, you just, you know, y'all just get on board or get out of my way, one or the other. That's why one of our axioms is move your feet and talk to each other. We have to communicate with one another about that. But the Spirit could accomplish so much more through our church body if every one of us took ownership and initiative for our mission and if we lived as empowered disciples. And it's not that each of us need to do all of the work. It's that we need to take ownership for making sure what needs to be done gets done. 
And so the best example I could think of this was if I am hosting a small group in my home for, uh, let's say, for uh, Joseph and Mia. They're going to be the leaders. I'm hosting it in my home. And so we're all sitting there on Tuesday night waiting for the group to get there, and the doorbell rings, and we just sit there. And 7.10 comes, and the doorbell rings, and we just sit there. And 7.20 comes, and the doorbell's still ringing, and we're still just sitting there. And then we go, why did nobody come to small group tonight? And Joseph says, what are you talking about? The doorbell's been ringing this whole time. And I said, well, why didn't you answer it? And he says, because it's not my job. It's your house. You're the one hosting. It's your job to answer the door. And I'm like, well, you're the leader of the small group. It's your job to answer the door. See, when we take ownership, it's, okay, the door needs to be answered. Nobody else is answering it, so I'm going to go get it. It doesn't go undone. We make sure those things happen. We make sure people are taken care of. We make sure that no one falls through the cracks. That's what the picture of the church as a body and the spiritual gifts that are talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 is about. It's about each of us taking ownership. We all have a part. Not just a few special people have a part. All of us are important. All of us have something to offer. All of us are empowered. So practically speaking, what does this look like for you personally at the Denton North Church or at whatever church you are a part of? Where should you start? That's the question I'm going to ask you to think about. So one more time. What does this look like for you personally at the Denton North Church, or whatever church you're a part of. And so I'm going to paint a picture of a few things for you, and then I'm going to give you some time to build off of that and think of your own. So we need people who will think through what we as a church can do to reach out in our neighborhoods, to reach out in our workplaces, to reach out in our communities, and then plan activities that will accomplish that and invite people around you to join you. We need people who will meet on Sunday morning, who will be here early to meet new people on Sunday morning, to sit with them, to connect with them during the week, to find out how we can help them, to invite them to a small group or a core or wherever it is that they need to plug in, And if you don't know where that is, to find out who does. Like if you are meeting an older adult and you're a college student and you don't know about the small groups, you say, we have small groups that meet during the week for our our adults that aren't students. Let me take you to blah, 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 and let them tell you about that. See, it's not that you have to do it all, but you make connections for people that they can get that information. We need people that will invite other people into their homes to serve them, to get to know them, to be hospitable. We need people who will volunteer to lead a small group. And we need people who will be in a small group and invest in the people in that small group. We need people who will form relationships at work and then help other people do the same thing. We need people who will initiate friendships 
with those that are about to graduate and help them with that transition from focus to adult ministry. We need people who will think about the children that will come to Denton North and that will start thinking about what should our children's ministry look like. We need people who will pray that the Holy Spirit will move among our church body. We need people who will prepare before they come in to be ready to encourage, challenge, or teach the church body during this gathering on Sunday mornings. We need people who will pray for the lost. We need people who will initiate conversations about the sermon series and other spiritual things. We need people that are okay with being uncomfortable, whatever that looks like and whatever that means. We need people who will be intentional about giving money, time, resources, etc. And when I say intentional, I think that's a really important part of that. Like a lot of us can on the fly give money and give time and give resources. But as a church body that's here in the Denton community to stay, we need people that consistently, intentionally give money, time, and resources. We need people who will read and study the word and encourage other people to do that, just like Kurt Doty and Adam Birdsell did at the beginning of last year with reading through the Bible. That was a very simple Facebook group and Facebook post that they put up about reading through the Bible last year, and I can guarantee you I would not have done it had I not seen their post. I would have thought about it, but I don't know that that's what I would have chosen to do if they hadn't encouraged me and given me some tools to do that this last year. People who love like Jesus and who will point others to Jesus and really think about what does that look like in our church family? What does that look like in the Denton community? So those are just a few of the ideas that I shared when I was sitting down talking to this young couple. Um, but I know that you have many other awesome ideas. And so I just want you to take a few minutes and I want you to think and make a list of what some of those things might be for you personally. And then I want you to think about, is there some commitment you can make about doing that in our church body? And so I'm going to give you at least five minutes, maybe a little bit longer, to think through those things, to jot down a few notes. Obviously, five minutes is not enough time to think about that. It's enough time to start thinking about that. So you're going to need to continue that with some other people on your own, with you and God. Um, but at the end of our time this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to either share a commitment you want to make, to share an encouragement with the body, to share a challenge you have for the body about us, or to pray over our body um, for us to be empowered disciples and for us to take ownership, to initiate, and to not wait and be concerned about titles. I'll tell you that when I was talking with this young couple, and they actually were the ones that said, I think a lot of times we're just waiting for a title. And I said, you know, I hear that a lot, and I'm kind of tempted just to make up this whole list of titles and then just hand them out to people. Like, here's your title, here's your title, here's your title. And they went, that's an awful idea. <laughs> 
they said, then you'd just be giving us what we want. And I was like, all right, whatever. But um, anyway, so are you clear on what you need to do? Think through what some of your ideas are about how you can take ownership. And then if you feel like the Spirit is prompting you to share some commitment, encouragement, challenge, or pray over our body. Okay? All right. Yeah, and I think it's easy to hear a talk like this and think, oh, boy, Leslie and Brad are off the hook now. They've already given all that out to the body so they can sit back and do nothing now. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Jesus didn't give that power out and then sit back and say, okay, you guys got it. He continued doing his ministry as well. Um, so many thoughts running through my head right now, but one that keeps coming back to me is uh, Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, I think it's easy to hear a sermon like this and feel um, condemned, like I need to do more, and that's not what this is about. Uh, I think Maya hit the nail on the head. It's really about encouraging you in where can I do better, and what does Jesus want um, me to look like as an empowered disciple? Because I have a lot of ability and a lot of power from the Holy Spirit to go out and share Jesus with people and in my church body. And so what should that look like? And obviously there's way more to this. Um, we could go on and talk for days about what it looks like in the workplace and what it looks like in our neighborhoods and what it looks like um, at school um, but I had to focus in on something this morning. And since we had talked about our church body and our meeting on Sunday mornings, that's what I chose to focus on. Um, but I would encourage you to continue thinking and praying through this question and continue talking to people about it. Continue letting people know what it is you want to try to do better in and what it is you're going to commit to do. Uh, for the church body so that we can hold each other accountable and we can spur one another on um, to do the things that we've purposed in our heart to do. John 13, uh, 34 and 35, Jesus says, let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, in the same way I loved you, love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. And that's what I want this morning's talk to flow out of. Not out of guilt, not out of beating yourself down, but out of Jesus' love for us and that love overflowing into our love for each other and into our love for the community around us. So as we take communion this morning, Reflect on Jesus and how great his love for you is. And let that be your inspiration. Let that be your example for loving people well, for loving our church well, and for taking ownership and being an empowered disciple. We're going to pray together, and then we're going to take communion, and then we'll come back for a few more songs. Father, we're so thankful for the way that you poured your love out on us through your son, Jesus. And I pray that we can look to him and we can love people um, just from the overflow of his love that pours out of our lives. I pray that you'll show us 
each individually, specifically, where we need to um, be more empowered as disciples in the Denton community and in the Denton North Church. God, I thank you for the group of people you have assembled here. I thank you for the gifts you've given each one. I thank you for their love for you and the way that they serve our community. And I pray that we would never be content with where we are, but we would always seek to grow to be better for you. And I pray that as we take communion this morning, that our hearts will overflow with gratefulness and thankfulness for Jesus and for his gift for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.